Would you like to work closer to home, save money on gas, and be rewarded for your hard work and attendance? Then Belicio Foods is looking for you. That's right, Belicio Foods is now hiring for multiple positions and shifts with great employee benefits, an on-site health clinic, competitive wages, and advancement opportunities. Belicio Foods is a company that truly values their employees. Apply online at BelicioFoods.com slash careers. Well, good morning, everyone. Happy Monday and welcome to another edition of The Morning Show right here on Main Street TV, where it is Monday and our good friend Pete Wilson is joining us in the house today. And we'll be doing the morning news update brought to you by Nia Henry, uh, agent for Appalachia Realty. And if you're looking to buy or sell or have any real estate needs, please give Nia a call, 740-418-4135, and she'll be out working hard for you. And our good friend Jeremiah is in the house on the other side of the camera pushing all the buttons because our sweet James is still on a little bit of a vacay, but he will be back tomorrow. That is exactly right. Uh, I'm glad Jeremiah is here. He actually helped cover some of the things, uh, most recent things that we had. And yes. Can also, uh, he can, can also give uh, us his two cents. Also push the right buttons over there. That's so. right. So, uh, you know, I feel like we're ready to roll here with, uh, with, with lots of news. Yes. Good, good and bad. As oh, always. well, of course. But uh, so you, you survived your first football game. Yes, the high school football season started, and since, you know, that's a big deal around here, yeah. we will touch on that a little bit here on our report. Great. Have, some, have a little bit of pictorial and video uh, coverage as well Ooh, there. So, uh, aren't you something? Yeah, yeah, busy, busy weekend. Takes take, takes, a, takes a team, and we, we got the, to, the total media team. We were so busy this weekend, not just with sports, but with news as well on Saturday. So. Okay. Uh, we Lots are out going there. On. We are out, we're totally into it here at Total Totally. Media. Right, <laughs> right. Okay. And that's just not a sales pitch. That's the truth. <laughs> that is so true. But uh, I'll tell you what we're going to start with, Jennifer. Uh, we're going to start with an event that um, it kind of had two sides to it. But the, the serious side is why I'm putting it at the top of the news. Okay. It was called an Overdose Awareness Fair. And okay. it was held at Benton County High School. And that was on Saturday, and it was the Benton County Health Department that put it together with, you know, a lot of community support. The radio, by the way, was there uh, to do a remote uh, remote broadcast. Matt McKee was there, and Red Thompson was there. Uh, Red Thompson Jr. was there to provide some newspaper support. We're going to play this up in, in the next edition of the paper, okay. and I'll tell you why. First of all, uh, I think that most people who are connected at all with the system and, and even just, you know— connected with the community know that drug abuse and drug overdoses are a problem and it's it maybe even getting worse, especially on the overdose side when we actually lose people. Yeah. All right. This is just coincidental, but the timing was such that uh, we received uh, information from uh, some of the Vinton County officials that either six or seven people died of drug overdoses in a two or three day period very recently. Wow. Six or, what? six or seven overdose related deaths Holy in a period moly. of two or three days. And so that's why you have an overdose awareness fair. Wow. And uh, of course, you know, they had some fun things in there to get people there, some mm -hmm. free food and entertainment and like that. Uh, 
But there was also, of course, this very serious message delivered. Uh, among the speakers were uh, Jackson, or rather Vinton County uh, probate juvenile judge, Bob Grillo, who of course deals with that problem on the juvenile side. Uh, you had uh, MacArthur Police Chief Matt Kite, you know, who deals with that on the law enforcement mm -hmm. side. And then another speaker that we're going to hear from here in just a moment okay. was Lily Jenkins. Lily Jenkins now works as a counselor, kind of with integrated services, I believe uh -huh. it is. And she has made it her mission to help others uh, get over their addiction, recover addiction. The reason that she has so much currency is that she is a recovered addict herself. Wow. She just was at the she was at the point where she felt like when she came out of high school, she had no hope or anything. She thought that she would probably die young because of drug addiction. She just felt she could not beat it, even though she tried to. She eventually did beat it, and now she is on a mission. And so what a powerful speaker to have uh, uh, on the program here. Yes. And uh, Jeremiah is going to play a clip now of the message that Lily Jenkins, Lily Jenkins brought to all Wonderful. those people who attended this overdose, overdose awareness fair. And I just want to start out with a little bit of my story. Um, I was born and raised in Benton County, and um, of course, I didn't have a plan for my life, you know, when I graduated high school. And so, as people tend to do, um, I fell into the wrong uh, habits and vices, and um, so I thought there was something like deeply wrong with me, and that I was just kind of a morally defunct human being, and um, that I was just destined to live a life of addiction and dereliction and, and basically death, and I wanted to die. Um, but, I mean, as addiction tends to do, I hit a rock bottom in my life and was forced to go to inpatient drug and alcohol treatment um, in Portsmouth. And at the time, I wasn't convinced that I wanted to stop using drugs. Um, I just thought that there was, there was no other life for me, that that's what I would be, had been doing with most of my adult life. Um, so... I went to treatment with nothing. I had no home. Um, I, I took my children to a treatment center where um, there were women and children there. And in that moment when I had nothing, I was just so relieved to be there and something took hold. And I can't, I can't really explain it, but for the first time in my life, um, I felt like there was hope for me and it was just a little spark of hope. And the longer I was there and the more days that I was clean and the more that I could separate myself from um, the people, places, and things, and substances, the more hope that I felt. And, and today, um, I get to come back to my community and I'm so grateful for my community because my community before knew me as an addict and a felon. And now I, I got to recover in my community. My community welcomed me back. And I get to be this changed person in my own community, helping others and um, teaching people that there is hope and teaching people what 
not so much teaching people, I, would, I wouldn't say, but helping people find what works for them and helping people find hope in their personal mode of recovery from addiction. Wow, right. that's yeah. powerful stuff. Yeah, it, it certainly was. And when it comes from somebody who has been through it, and, right. you know, what we all have to understand, uh, you know, who's been uh, fortunate enough to stay away from drugs and, and, and the threat of addiction is uh, once somebody gets stuck in that, it's, <clears throat> it's not like you just make a choice, like, you know, you're a weak person or something like that. This no. is a chemical, physical thing it is. That, that grabs you. Just just like it's so tough for a smoker to quit. You know, sure. why do you do that, you know, when you might, you know, get cancer or whatever? Right. You the know, only you, thing I can liken it to, Pete, is like, it's like a possession of your body. It's like, it, it That's it a good word to you. use. That's a good word to use. Yeah. Um, I mean, as you can, if you heard Lily, Lily Jenkins there, it's, it's, she knew she was on a bad path, but she felt like she was doomed. Yeah. There was nothing right. nothing that she could easily do because of that chemical addiction that she had, the habits, the people that she that she I'm I'm sure that that, that were her friends and that were around her. Correct. The influences she yes. had in her life. And uh, you know, she had a support system uh that tried to save her and uh eventually it did. And it, it, I, I think that. it's so great that after she went through that, you know, it can't be very easy to talk about that and, and to expose yourself no. and what you went through to everybody like like she just did there in that video and through that and before that group. Proud so, of her. For yeah, sure. it's, exactly. She is a very courageous person who uh, who has uh, made a major triumph in her life by overcoming this. And the message is that it, it, you can do it. You can do it people around you, the social service system, the criminal justice system, they have to be part of the solution. That's right. And and those support systems are there. And, uh, you know, a lot of this is just, you know, behind the curtain, people don't see it unless somehow they're personally involved in it or a family member or whatever. But uh, Judge Grillo, when he talked, he can, and, and remember, he's been around for a, a long time, Jackson County, uh, Jack, or Jackson High School graduate, been in the court system, one of the longest serving probate juvenile judge in the state now mm -hmm. at this point. Yes. Uh, he feels like this is the worst problem right now in our nation. I would say it would. I and, and would say a lot of judges. Obviously, and, and we are not sheltered here in these Appalachian no, Hills. Definitely from not. That. So anyway, look for a, a big story in our uh, uh, Wednesday edition uh, on this, and that will include comments uh, from the people who spoke. And then Red will have follow-up coverage because, you know, it, there were some fun things that went on there. It was a nice community event, too. Kind of a strange um, a strange coming together. But, you know, they wanted to make it that way, too, as well as delivering a message. And, you know, if they just say they're going to have a public forum where there's going to be three or four speakers or whatever, you know, how many people might have come out? Right. You know, so no, uh, that was uh... kudos to the Vinton County Health Department and everybody who was willing to give up their time to participate in that. Absolutely. All right. Uh, kind of like on a parallel path, we want to mention, this is going on today here in Jackson. It's called Operation Street Smart Ohio. And okay. uh, the uh, three-county uh, mental health board uh, is uh, involved in that, along with some local sponsors. Uh, it, that's the Gallia Jackson Makes Alcohol, Drug, and Mental Health Board is the full name. Uh, but uh, uh, also Warriors for Christ here in Jackson is hosting it, mm -hmm. holds their health system as a participant and a sponsor. But it's going on from 9 a.m., so it's on its way now, until 1 p.m. at the Warriors for Christ, and the public is invited to oh, go. Oh, great. But, but what it is, it is 
uh, held by the Ohio Crisis Intervention Team. They're also going to do similar events in Gallia County and Meigs County uh, tomorrow. Both of those will be tomorrow. The program is designed to educate parents, teachers, social workers, members of law enforcement, and community partners on the current narcotics trends, terminology, paraphernalia, and concealment techniques. This training program includes examples of the current designer street drugs, such as bath salts, LSD, K2 spice, PCP, along with the so-called traditional drugs. I don't know what half that stuff Like is. marijuana, cocaine, crack, heroin, and methamphetamine. Okay. So, you know, what it is, I mean, some of the professionals that have to deal with this, they may know some of that stuff, yes. but this is, this is, this is kind of like uh, education and training. This is going, that's for, going to be For the professionals opening. and anybody, I think it, yeah. I mean, it's, I think the door will be open to anybody who has an interest in learning something about that. If there's sure. a, you know, a, a civic or community or personal angle there, that will go on from 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. over at the Warriors for Christ. And that is over on Mound Street. Uh, just off Chillicothe Street. Mm -hmm. All right. Also this weekend, uh, on a on a on a, in a lighter vein, uh, there was a couple events, and our own Jeremiah Shaver uh, helped me uh, helped me cover these. He covered these two events. Uh, one was an event at the uh, at Manpower Park. Yes, which was a uh, kind of like a back to school thing where there was lots of social services. The uh, Galuvitan ESC was a major player in that. The health department was there mm -hmm. to do immunizations. It's oh, a, that's cool! Health, I didn't know that. It was part. called a healthy kickstart. If you drove yeah. by and you didn't know what was going oh, on, oh man, lots of tents it, there, tons of tents. Right, they were ready for <laughs> rain, which didn't come thankfully. Right. But it was a, a, a big event. Uh, as I said, the Gallia Vinton ESC had planned a couple months for this. The radio was there as well. Waterhouse yes. was there doing some coverage, and Jeremiah was as well. So, um, Jeremiah, if you have a, a video on what you prepared on that, let's, uh, let's, let's see it and hear it. Children and their parents gathered in Jackson's Manpower Park over the weekend on Saturday, August 20th for an event called Healthy Kickstart. It was a back-to-school community health day and immunization clinic with much more. Hi, I'm Karen Bach and I'm an administrative associate at the Gallia Vinton ESC. One of my roles at the Gallia Vinton ESC is that of family and community liaison. With that being said, this event, Healthy Kickstart, is a back-to-school event that helps provide our families with resources from different agencies. I'm going to name a couple, but there won't be all of them. So, such as Job and Family Services, they're one of our partners. The Jackson County Health Department we partnered with. We also have Jackson Benton Community Action. We have um, Hopewell Integrated Services. Um, Hi, and we have our kangaroo. And this is kangaroo with his baby Joey. There we go. And he's kind of the symbol for Healthy Kickstart. So this is our first year here and people are given a card and they go to the different agencies to collect resources and then they go get a prize for the kids. And this year we also have school supplies and backpacks for anybody that goes through all the stations. They also get free pizza and they get a Kona ice. This is our first year. We're looking forward to it next year and hope that it'll be bigger. It will be the same weekend next year. It's like August 19th, 2023. We look forward to seeing you then.
Hi, I'm Tammy Osborne-Smith, Director of Jackson County Job and Family Services in the Ohio Means Job Center. I just want to say it's a great pleasure to be part of this event today. We're sponsoring in partnership with the uh, Gallia-Vinton Educational Service Center as well as the Health Department. We have had an amazing turnout from our community here. We have kids of all ages and parents. Hello, my name is Kara Daw. I'm with the Jackson County Health Department. I am a harm reduction and tobacco cessation nurse. Um, we felt it was important to partner with this event to bring awareness to vaccines and the importance of keeping our community healthy and engaging with the community and letting them know all the services that we provide at the health department. Have you ever seen the Kona ice truck somewhere without several <laughs> no, people in no, line? No, people not piled around. <laughs> right, and, no. and, you know, and when you have sunshine and 85 degrees, yeah. you know, that, that, doesn't, that doesn't hurt. But, but um, What a great event. Yeah, we had Tammy Osborne Smith there from JFS. I didn't mention them on the front end of before we saw the video, but they were, they were a, a major player in that too. And uh, yep. give that agency credit. You know, they do so much work behind the scenes on, the, on the social services. But I, I think you've really seen a, a, a acceleration of the community outreach with what they do to try to deliver messages on the services they have and to also try to help people mm -hmm. who they can help with the various services that they have. So uh, to every, once again, just like the overdose uh, health awareness fair that they had up in Vinton County, kudos to everybody who was involved in making this happen. And uh, Jeremiah put together a really professional video, yes, which, good we, job, which Jeremiah. we would expect. And we'll have some newspaper uh, coverage from that as well. So- uh, <laughs> And if, we saw a kangaroo. If, if you were at the, yeah, <laughs> a kangaroo with, with child. With child. With Joey, I think the Joey, is that the word? I think so, yes. All right. Okay. Well, well, anyway, so if you went to the uh, Overdose Awareness Fair in Vinton County or uh, the Healthy Kickstart in Jackson County, later on, you could go to downtown Jackson. That's right. And then kick back with Jazz and Jambalaya. All of it. Right. And it was fun. Okay. I know I know you were around, right? Yes. For that? Okay. Was around, for uh, sure. One of the participants through, of course, Sixth Sense. Yep. But uh, the Jazz and Jambalaya, that was something new. I don't know whether it's an annual thing or it's just something they tried. But it was kind of like the Jackson Area Chamber of Commerce and the Marquet were kind of the, the, the partners in that, it seemed Correct. like to me. But Jeremiah Shaver was there. Did you have jambalaya, sir? I did not. Uh, <gasps> oh, no. I, I, it, smelled, it, smelled, it smelled really good. It but, was, uh, yeah. When, when I finished up, uh, we, we headed down to Portsmouth and went to the river. Uh, for dinner Saturday, so I, I didn't want to fill. You up want to save save want not, to save room for the didn't room, want to eat so. two suppers. I think <laughs> didn't want to eat two right. suppers. Yes. Okay, well I, I okay, well we'll give you a pass on that then. There was a lot. Did, of did jambalaya. you have jambalaya? I actually did not. I was running around all over the place. So, um, but I mean, people were really really enjoying it, and they did a vegetarian one, which I thought was cool. Our own uh, Cindy Stifler and Bob the Builder. Uh, were there scooping up the jambalaya it was really good. She made it so. And it was once again, had, had a great uh, had a great uh, a day for that weather wise. You had uh, some booths oh, and exhibits beautiful. and vendors uh, in the block on Broadway between Pearl and Maine. They had that blocked off. Yep. If you wonder what was going on, that's jazz and jambalaya. And then in the alley by the Marquet, that was really where you were supposed <clears> to enter. <throat> Uh, and uh, just just a fun day. Uh, give credit to the chamber and Marquet uh, Southern Hills Arts Council for uh, getting together on that. And uh, since Jeremiah was there, we also have a video to kind of depict 
what that event was all about. That's right. First time they've ever done it. Are they going to do it again, Jennifer? Did you hear? I think it was pretty successful. So I'm assuming that it will it will continue on. But okay. I have not gotten the okay. Well, whenever you have word. whenever you have food, you've got a good shot at it. I mean, yeah. Right. And, right. I think the Ohio University Jazz Band was there. They were mm-hmm. one of the big attractions. Well, go ahead, Jeremiah. Let's let's see it and hear it. Over the weekend, a taste of New Orleans came to downtown Jackson as the Marquet Cultural Arts Center presented Jazz and Jambalaya. The event was held on Saturday, August 20th in the alley next to the Marquet. Hello, Matt here, uh, President of the Southern Hills Arts Council at the Jazz and Jambalaya event here. Um, This event was a collaboration between the Marquet and the Chamber of Commerce of Jackson. Um, we've got the OU Faculty Jazz Band playing in the background, um, Cindy Stifler serving some jambalaya, and down on Broadway we've got a vendor fair um, that the Chamber of Commerce has put on t- for us, and um, all proceeds go back to the Marquet and Chamber of Commerce. We've got Six Cents down at the end of our beer garden serving some uh, of their brews. Uh, great event, um, great people, great food. It was super cute and fun and want to give a big shout out to uh, the Thirsty Truckster. As you saw, the little the little uh, truck that um, was was uh, the beer was being poured out of. That's a new venture in town. And we'll have to do a little story about that, Pete. In okay. the paper, because well, it is adorable. It sounds interesting. It sounds yeah, interesting. Yeah, um, some local folks uh, bought that, and uh, you can rent it out for events and, and festivals and things like that to dispense your favorite beverage. doesn't have to be beer. It could be, you know, soda, water, lemonade, whatever you want. Uh, it's just super adorable. So Right. I tell you, it's great to see the downtown buzzing. So, uh, yes, and not to cut you off, but that was going one of the things that we were discussing. So Jamie and I had to... We had to go and come and go like three or four times. We were doing a bunch of other things. And um, so we walked out onto Main Street and Jamie said, look at that. And I said, I know. And there were just people walking up and down Main Street and smiling. And uh, they were out and about and enjoying themselves and, you know, going into Michael's and, you know, shopping. And, And I was like, oh, this is what this is supposed to be. I love it. So good. So those are those downtown events that get people out and about and and to see our cute little downtown and and just to enjoy and have some fun and walk around. It was perfect. Right. Absolutely. Loved it. Right. It was um, it it was a fun event. And uh, hopefully, you know, we'll be seeing that event and others like it in the future. Uh, Chamber has been, uh, you know, really active here in the last year trying to come up with some new things. Yes. Really doing a lot. Right, and there's no doubt that the that the Marquet. We said this from the time that it was uh, reborn. Yes, uh, uh, it is so important to the revitalization of the downtown. Yes, it being so there, and when they have events like this, and it brings people downtown, and not only helps the Marquet, helps all those businesses downtown. It brings people by their doorstep, and maybe into their shops and businesses and offices and like that. That's so right. Very, very important. All right. Well, speaking of business, uh, there was a very positive economic development story that broke last week. Uh, We made it our front page story uh, in our uh, Saturday paper, and that was um, 
the news that Plybrico is going to move into the vacant AP Green plant. Okay. Uh, near Pyro. Makes sense. Near Pyro. <laughs> there is the plant. It's kind yep. of off the beaten track on Pyro Road. So some people, you know, unless they happen to live there or travel through there or had some uh, personal or workplace connection, you may not even know what it looks like. Well, there it is. That plant has been vacant for three or four years. It used okay. to be the home of some pretty good blue-collar jobs uh, very for, for good, a yeah. number of years. Yep. And unfortunately, um, one of the new owners of uh, AP Green, uh, you know, they made a business development decision that they were going to build a new plant in South Point, and this plant uh, eventually closed. Um, okay. Wasn't a harmonious uh, thing either, but it happened. <clears throat> and... Uh, it's a good facility. It's a refractories plant. And Plybrico, which has a refractories plant of its own on State Route 140, it's actually over the county line. It has an Oak Hill address, but it's over the county line in Lawrence County. Okay. They are going to move into this larger facility. Wonderful. So it will maintain those jobs as well as add four new jobs. Nice. And let me tell you why it's important. Not only is it good for Plybrico and the fact that it maintains those jobs and uh, will add a few as well, Plybrico's uh, facility, from what I understand, was not adequate anymore. And they were looking for a new place. And that new place didn't have to be Jackson County, by the way. Plybrico uh, is uh, headquartered in another, in another state. Oh, wow. And they, so, they, they, they could have chosen other places sure. to go than Jackson County or Oak Hill or whatever. And thanks to the efforts of the economic development professionals here, you've got the Jackson County Economic Development Partnership. You've got uh, the regional arm of Jobs Ohio called Ohio SE, uh, yep. SE mm-hmm. working on that. Uh, they worked together. They got a $125,000 grant that will help with machinery, equipment, infrastructure, and relocation. We do not have a date when that move will take place, but uh, it's a committed thing. It will happen. And so, you know, anytime, uh, not sure how many jobs there are at Plybrico now, but they will be maintained. That's awesome. And, uh, you know, there, there's just spinoff effects, uh, good and bad, when, uh, you know, a company expands, comes, or leaves. Mm-hmm. You know, it can work, it can work either way. So uh, congratulations once again to everybody involved in that. And we will continue to watch that story. Uh, if you didn't see the paper uh, you, know, you still see it. It's out on the newsstands uh, probably at least through today. Uh, we also have it online as well. All right. Unfortunately, we have more bad news from the highways from Vinton oh, County. No. We have another fatality that occurred on Wednesday. Oh. And uh, this was an, a young person, again, who lost his life. This happened on State Route 93, just about one mile north of Vinton County in Hawking County. You know, that's kind of like a lonely, curvy stretch of road it there is. that goes up to from here to Logan. And uh, Ethan Colfout, age 19, he was from MacArthur, had a MacArthur address. Uh, this happened Thursday, actually. I think I said Wednesday. It was Thursday at 5.45 a.m., early morning hours, mm. probably a little dark then. Uh, he was heading northbound uh, in on Washington Township, just north of the Vinton County line, driving a pickup truck. Unfortunately, he drove off the right side of the road, attempted to re-enter the road and overcorrect. However, slid left of center off the left side of the road, struck a tree, which is mm. never good no. with a fiberglass vehicle, and it came to a rest uh, against the tree. He was not wearing a safety belt and was ejected. That may have contributed to uh, you know, fatality-related injuries. He was pronounced dead on arrival uh, by 
a uh, he was a pronounced dead dead on arrival after they took him to uh, the hospital by the mm. Hawking County Coroner's office. So sad. Very sad, and I believe that's the second one in a week that's occurred on State Route 93 yep. north of MacArthur. Yep. Be careful out there, folks. Oh, exactly. And put your seatbelt on. Exactly. All right. Uh, we have uh, the last Vinton County School Board meeting, uh, Superintendent Rick Brooks. Uh, this happened to come, uh, you know, as a new school year was starting, but he reviewed some of the summer projects. That is uh, the summer is the so-called off season for schools. And that's when a lot of the physical projects take place mm -hmm. where they are improving things. One of them was a re-roofing part of the district office there in MacArthur. That is the old Vinton County High School. Uh, the Rio Grande uh, branch of uh, the University of Rio Grande is located there. The district office is there. They may have some other things in there as well, mm -hmm. but they put a new roof on part of it and they may put a new roof on the other part of it later. That's yet to be decided. They did some HVAC work, which of course is very important in the guts of the buildings to improve things. But sure. uh, the thing probably that they did that most people will notice is they uh, have a new floor in the Vinton County High School Gymnasium. Yes, there it is. Isn't look that, at that. Isn't that beautiful with the with the big VC right in right there in the center court there? Uh, of course, that building was built in 2000, so that hardwood floor was there for over 20 years. Uh, so now they have a new hardwood floor there in the gymnasium. That, of course, is the home of the Vikings and the Lady Vikings. And uh, uh, Coach uh, N.J. Kite, new coach uh, for the boys, uh, will and his boys will enjoy being on that floor, as will Coach Brent Jones and the Lady Vikings. So that's one of the big improvements that occurred over the summer uh, in the Vinton County School District. Okay, back down here in Jackson um, on the labor front, uh, you know, we talked about a couple labor contracts that have been approved lately on the city side. Uh, a third labor contract was approved uh, last week uh, when the rank and file non-uniform workers of the city, that is not the police, not the supervisors, but everybody else that's unionized, you okay. know, uh, the, the rank and file workers, I guess you could call them, uh, that's not the police department. And, that, and most employees are in the union. Anyway, uh, council at its last meeting two weeks ago from today, as a matter of fact, uh, ratified a tentative contract uh, that had been reached between the leadership of the union and the city negotiators. However, that contract had to not only be approved by council, it had to be approved by the rank and file. And the vote was not disclosed, but the union rep, who was the union president, mm -hmm. did tell me that the union did ratify it. And okay. so that's a new three-year contract okay. that will take effect um, that will take effect September first, uh, two thousand twenty-two, and run through August thirty-one, two thousand twenty-five. So they got it done before the old contract ran out. It will uh, provide uh, pay increases, annual pay increases each year of three percent. And on the other side, uh, the employees will now pay a larger share of their health insurance premium. That will go from 6% to 12%. Mm -hmm. So the 3% wow, raise for that, each of the like years. That's a lot. <laughs> it, no, it, it, it can be a lot. It can that, add up. that is one thing that all the public employers, you know, kind of look at, maybe even more than wages, the cost of health insurance, mm -hmm. especially, you know, if you're providing all of it, you know. Uh, and so that percentage now is will be up to 12% that the employees will pay. Still very nice fringe benefit to have 88% of your premium and then 
then and then the coverage on top of that. Mm -hmm. So what that means is with the ratification of this contract, that means that all three labor unions of the city of Jackson now have contracts. Great. That is the police department union, the supervisors union, and now uh, the rank and file non-uniformed workers. All right, another good news story to tell you about. We'll head to the south end of the county. This is in Madison Township. Madison Township, okay. of course, uh, you got the village of Oak Hill on the east side. You have Madison Township. On the west side, you have Jefferson. Then Madison Township goes off to the east, a pretty big township. Well, they have a new township hall. They never really had their own digs, and now they do. Oh, if cool. If you look on the right there, that is their new township building. They are very proud of it. They recently had an open house, and we'll be covering that in the paper. Red Thompson Jr. was there. And there on the left, you see the township officers who are so proud. From left to right, uh, if you're looking at the picture, you have uh, township trustee Greg Potter. You have the fiscal officer, Missy Strickland. You have uh, township trustee Chris Walls. He is the president of the trustees. And the other trustee there on the far right is Dennis Evans. But uh, this is a 40 by 100 square foot building, has five bay doors. It is the first building that the trustees ever had that they that can call is home. Awesome. They'll be able to have their trustee meetings there, maybe some public <clears throat> events. Uh, they probably, I, I'm guessing, have a, a meeting room in there mm -hmm. uh, for small events, at least, that have to do with township business. Uh, and they, uh, the important place, the important thing is they have a place to put their equipment with shelter For before sure. some of the township equipment was just parked in driveways and outside. Yeah, that's not good for and equipment, so, uh, especially yeah, the, with our winters. The, the homes of trustees served as a place for some of the equipment, and they also <laughs> used space in the Oak Hill Village garage, which, of course, was not theirs. So uh, anyway, we'll be hearing Great. more about that uh, in uh, an article that will appear in the Telegram. All right. Uh, one of the issues that came out at the most recent meeting of uh, the uh, Wellston City Council is uh, they were concerned about space running out at Ridgewood Cemetery. If you're oh. from Jackson, you have Fairmont Cemetery. If you're from Wellston, you have Ridgewood Cemetery. There are okay. two huge cemeteries okay. that are city operated. And in Wellston, it's Ridgewood Cemetery. You get up to it there, uh, you know, on the uh, on the east end of the city, high on the hill off A Street. And uh, they were concerned that there were only 140 spots left for burials. Oh, and wow. And you can see where, <laughs> a, a, you know, a, a cemetery that is your main cemetery in town, you know, what are we going to do? Uh, well, there was kind of like a, a kind of a records uh, misconstruement, and they actually have more space than, than they did. Okay. So, you know, if you had heard that that was an issue, it's not so much an issue. It still is, but it's going to be on down the line that they gotcha. have to worry more about it. Um, as a matter of fact, he says that um, this uh, instead of the city being out of burial space by 2024 or 25, which is what they were looking at, that's how they had projected it. Now it'll be eight or nine years down the road, but they still, have, still... To, they still have to start thinking about yeah. that. They have some areas in the cemetery where there are graves around and there are blank spots. They've got to see if they can use those. If they're, you know, if they're, you know, in the old records, if the, the spot was reserved and just wasn't used, can it be used again and like that? Because that could add some possible spots as well. Okay. Not exactly sure how that'll work, uh, but they're going to check the records to try to use all available spaces there. Uh, we also want to congratulate uh, Walter Bub Norris, uh -huh. well-known Wellston resident. Mm -hmm. He is the he will be the new city councilman at large city councilman uh -huh. in Wellston, and uh, 
uh, Bub, as we know him mm -hmm. best, uh, was one of uh, several people who was interested in the appointment to an open seat on Wellston City Council that was created by uh, Fred Doobie's move from at-large councilman to third ward councilman. Doobie took the position of Rick Hudson, who was the third ward councilman, who became the council president right. when the uh, other council president left. So um, <laughs> Norris will be able to take office uh, after uh, he gets some paperwork into the Board of Elections, and he should be serving at the uh, at the next meeting. He'll be sworn in and all, but he was there at the meeting. He was one of the ones who uh, who applied for the position, and it was a vote of council. It was close. It was three to two. But the vote was in favor of Norris, and he will be a Wellston City Council, well known, of course, in Wellston. He uh, broadcasts some ball games there. He is a, a real estate salesman, mm -hmm. and uh, he uh, is a former school board member. Yes. So uh, congratulations to Bub Norris. Okay, we want to tell you about another thing that is going on that you, if you can take advantage of it, if you're a nonprofit group or project that needs some funding, Think about possibly applying to the Jackson County Community Foundation for funding. The Jackson County Community Foundation has not been around for very long, three or four years, okay. uh, but it is an arm of the Foundation for Appalachia, Ohio. And through the private sector, they are able to do some grant funding. They did several grants last year. Here is the local group that is on the local Jackson County Community Foundation board. And I'm uh, going to name these people because they donate their time for a very good cause. Mm -hmm. uh, they're in front. You have our own John Pelletier mm -hmm. from Wellston. You've got Carol Wright, then Kyle Exline, and John Jones. They're in the back row. Uh, that is uh, Foundation of Appalachian Ohio Director of Outreach Services, Sherry Simon. She was here at the Parks Edge Event Center mm -hmm. for a planning meeting uh, just last week. That's where we took this picture. Then you have Susan Stockmeister, Sandy Borden. Melissa Ball and Elizabeth Billman, all very good people that are willing to donate their time uh, to uh, look at these applications that may come in for funding and decide, uh, along with the Foundation of Appalachia, Ohio, how uh, foundation money may be used for good causes in uh, Jackson County. Uh, projects should increase the quality of life, create, create access to opportunities, or implement a solution to a need in Jackson County. That hmm. is how they that's how they define it. Awards typically range from $500 to $4,500, although requests above this range may be considered based on the potential impact. You have until September the 27th to oh, apply. Okay. Once again, this is through nonprofit and public organizations through projects that serve or benefit Jackson County. Pretty broad. So it is. this is an opportunity to get some uh, funding. If you want additional information, you know, you can contact any of those board members, you know, because they're all local people, or you can go to the website, AppalachianOhio.org slash Jackson and read all about the program and how you can apply. Once again, you have to do that. Uh, the funding cycle is now open. I think it started August 16th and it will close on September 27th and then they will make their decisions. For instance, last year, uh, they did a makerspace at the Jackson City Library. Uh, this was an area for patrons to create items and build curiosity in science and engineering. Cool. Uh, then you had uh, the Hillcrest State uh, Skate Park, $4,633 mm -hmm. to do an improvement at the skate park. Uh, and I remember that grant uh, was applied for. Uh, the city of Jackson kind of worked on applying for that grant. 
And it was it was something they couldn't spend money on themselves. But, you know, if they could get a grant, yeah. they could do this. And it was so cute because a couple of sixth graders, I believe, yes, went to a city, they spearheaded they went this to a city council meeting and says, hey, listen, we'd really like to have this at the skate park. Like it's and the there, city officials we wanna... were so impressed yeah. by their enterprise <laughs> that they worked to get them a grant. And so I don't, the so last cute. thing I knew, that improvement had not been made yet, but the money is there and it will, <laughs> it will be done. And then there was $4,633 to the city of Wilson for a downtown outdoor accessories project to purchase benches, picnic tables, outdoor message centers, and more for the downtown historic district that you know they're trying to do so much for through the Main Street organization. Yes. And of course, we have that big improvement project at the depot yes. that is going on right now. Speaking of improvement projects, out at Lake Alma State Park, Jennifer, they have a new nature center. It what? opened on Saturday. There it is right cool. there. And it is located by the campgrounds playground area. And I did not know this myself. They didn't really put out a news release on it, but I just kind of picked up on it off the Lake Alma Facebook page. Not the Friends of Lake Alma Facebook page. It has a lot of information. But the Lake Alma State Park Facebook page, they also have a um, Facebook page. They have a naturalist who at least works part of the time there. And they're doing all sorts of nice things. They have done all sorts of nice things this summer. Uh, that are nature uh, that are nature oriented. They do a lot at Lake Hope State Park, which is of course larger there, mm -hmm. and they have more visitors there, being with the lodge and all the cabins and and the lodging that they have up there. But now they're doing naturalist work as well at Lake Alma as well, uh, history, culture, nature, hiking, all those things. Mm -hmm. uh, so you might want to you know check with the Lake Alma Park Office out there, check their Facebook page. We'll try to keep up That's with what awesome. we can on the paper and the radio with what they're doing, but uh, they're doing some really neat things there. You know, you don't have to travel all the way up to the Hawking Hills or uh, whatever to have a really nice thing. Just, uh, of course, Lake Alma State Park located, actually in Benton County, but we kind of considered a Wellston yeah, thing. Yeah, it's really it's just, weird. Just a couple miles down State Route 349 from Wellston. All right, well, we wanted to show you this picture because it was so cute. We mentioned uh, the dog swim at Hillcrest. Yes, uh, it was Park. so fun. Right, I know you were there. Uh, here's a picture that Jeremiah took <laughs> of a couple of the dogs that were having a great time there. Uh, and, uh, you know, it did rain a little bit, but you know what? If it's going to rain at a Why dog swim, not? Is, it, is it really going to ruin anything? That's You're right. You're going to get wet anyway. So, uh, and so, good. so we'll be running that picture uh, in the paper as well. Uh, you that's know. Marley's Aunt Kelsey, by the way. Oh, it is. Kelsey okay. uh, is, is okay. Marley's caretaker when mommy and daddy uh, go away. Um, so Kelsey has been uh, she All right. and Marley and, are good buddies. I believe buddies. Kelsey's dog is called Bear. Bear and Odin. Bear and Odin. Yes, All right. and well, Bear was so funny because he came in. And in that splash pad, it has the, like the, you know, mm -hmm. jets that shoot up mm -hmm. and he came in and he stood there and they hadn't turned it on yet. And he was barking at it. Mm -hmm. And then they turned it on and he stood there and he played and he barked in it. Okay. <laughs> he was obsessed with it. Well, it was so cute. The times I've gone Loved to that dog it. swim, you know, to cover it like Jeremiah did this year, 
it's fun to watch, even if you don't have a dog. You know, I only went because of news coverage and taking a picture or two. Yes. But it is a fun thing to watch. It is. And and the dogs are just hilarious. They have so much fun. They like do. they just and, and they always find like this the rando mud puddle that's out there and they just roll and it's just like whatever, just Go for it. But right. they look so happy. I would say what, uh, maybe four out of five, five out of six dogs have a ball and that and that sixth dog is not so sure they want to yeah. go in the pool. And that's fun seeing their owners try to convince them to, that this can be a fun thing. That's right. That was Marley. She's like the only lab I know that doesn't swim. She mm -hmm. likes water okay, but she just doesn't swim. But she's just a little older now. So. No, I under I understand. Everybody ha knows what they like and what they don't like, including the doggies. <laughs> That's right. All right. Well, I tell you what, this is going to be a big birthday celebration this year for Ohio Valley Bank. They are okay. having their 150th anniversary. Wow. Uh, I think they're going to have some uh, more mainline events a little later, but they are doing things now, acknowledging that big anniversary year. Of course, Ohio Valley Bank, based in Galpolis. Uh, goes back to 1872, of course. They do have uh, a branch bank here in Jackson there mm -hmm. on Main Street. Joe Wyant, assistant vice president, is uh, the resident manager. But anyway, uh, they did a, um, they did a uh, 150th anniversary Kona Ice Day there uh, on a recent Friday, and that is Joe Wyant getting yes. a Kona Ice. Uh, he, he was uh, in line there at Kona Ice. And, you know, they, they did some giveaways. They had some nice uh, traveling cups there. Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, drinking cups that they gave away. We have some of them here. I got one. Jeremiah brought me back one. Cool. Because uh, he covered this. And uh, once again, uh, we want to... Uh, we want to acknowledge that this is the 150th year for Ohio That's Valley amazing. Bank. That's uh, amazing. They have that Community First program where they allow their employees to take paid time off to do community service. Mm, now, isn't that great. nice? You don't have to take a vacation day to do that. They will still pay you. Oh, wow. And, uh, yeah. For instance, I know, you know, unless that program has changed or whatever, I know, for instance, Joe Wyant, who's on the Apple Festival committee. Right on. He works at the Apple Festival that week and doesn't yes. even have to take vacation. It's amazing. So congratulations to Ohio Valley Bank on their 150th year. Okay, another very important thing that's happened, it's a visual thing if you've driven down East Broadway Street, the Food Pantry and Clothesline, now officially called the Jackson Food Program. Yes. Uh, they have a new I sign. Look at that, that beautiful sign there. Yep. Jackson Food Program, and they say AKA Food Pantry because that's what people still call it. But uh, it's located at 323 East Broadway Street, as the big sign said. Yep. And Nancy Bazin, who is the executive manager, she wanted to us to run this picture in the paper to show that sign and also to thank the people that made it possible. Uh, she wanted to give her sincere thanks to uh, our own Nia Henry and also Zip Printing. Nia Henry made a nice donation. Zip Printing, uh, I think, did the sign work there, uh, the signage. And uh, Bob Kincaid, the tree trimmer, uh, did the work putting it up. Oh, cool! So uh, she wanted you. she wanted to thank everybody who had a hand in there sure. and let them and let the public know also that the sign is there. Now the Jackson Food Program and Clothesline, which I think is all food now, is open and available for those within who have income within the government guidelines. They they can receive food once every one, once a month or every thirty one or more days. 
Those interested must bring current mail with an envelope postmark within the past 30 days with the names, birth dates of all household members and a current unexpired Ohio driver's license or Ohio-issued identification. They're not trying to make it hard on you. These are federal guidelines right. to make sure that the program is not abused. Yep. And as we know right now, you know, there's a, a because of supply things and costs and like that, that there is an issue about having enough at all these food banks and mm-hmm. so forth. So um not sure how our local food program is doing there but uh it is there and has been there and uh now they have a brand new sign out there to make yep. sure people know where they drive are. by it all the time all right well speaking of downtown jackson we had kind of a business transaction that's worth noting we're going to have this in the paper too mm-hmm. uh apple city artisans kelly logan there mm-hmm. uh right across from the marquee kind of right there on east main street they purchased pinewood pottery from um, from Shelley Brown. Yeah. And this is uh, Kelly Logan with their uh, Pinewood Pottery section that they have moved into their building there uh, on East Main Street across from the uh, market. It's 276 East Main Street. Okay. And in addition to the Apple City Artists, they now have Pinewood Pottery. Kelly was an admirer of what Shelley had done with Pinewood Pottery. And uh, when uh, she learned that it was available for purchase, she wanted to uh, she wanted to take advantage of that, and Great. now that's part of Apple City Artisans. I believe officially it's both businesses in one place. Yes, they still use both names, and uh, um, uh, certainly congratulations for Shelley for what she did to get that business off the ground and have it running. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was uh, in another building on East Main Street, next to Michaels, I think. Right, right downtown there, and uh, I know that uh, Shelley hated to give it up. But uh, she appreciates all the support that she had. And I think she's very glad that Kelly was willing to accept the baton from her and yeah, keep, absolutely. This, keep this fun business going, a different sort of participation business yeah. where kids can very uh, fun. kids can learn some crafts, uh, have the joy of creating something, and you know maybe do things together with mm-hmm. other kids and as a family. Yes. Right. Okay. Um, speaking of the Marquet, they're, they're not going to rest on their laurels no. in this jazz and jambalaya <laughs> thing. They're One do, to the next. They are going to do an evening with the arts thing yes. next uh, Saturday. And Jennifer, you know, when you're an old uh, newspaper editor and a and a middle aged horse queen, that's I, was I allowed to say that? Okay, I'll take uh, it. Uh, wow, right. I probably should have said that because you know you look <gasps> at, you look at you and somebody probably doesn't think middle aged. Oh, now he's saving himself. No, uh, that's no but, okay, but it's the truth. <laughs> I mean, I mean, pictures don't lie. Television doesn't lie, do they? I we don't do any makeup or anything when we no, come No, we on do there. not. But yes. anyway, the point is, Evening with the Arts used to be a big social and charitable event. Yes. Uh, that was such a big thing during the fundraising stage when the Marquet was trying to, when Barbara Summers and the Southern Hills Arts Council was raising the money to renovate the Marquet Cultural Arts Center. So uh, it's kind of transformed a little bit. And once again, the Southern Hills Arts Council has come up with a, a new idea on how to do it this year. But it's going to run a good part of the day this Saturday, August the 27th. They're going to have uh, a series of art auctions. It's going to be part of it. They'll raise money that way. Okay. Uh, they're also going to have entertainment, a Colby Likens at 3 o'clock, a Paul Brown and his hilarious uh, cowboy poetry at 4. Yes. He's resurrecting uh, his, oh, no. his old talents. Uh, there's going to be the Apple City Players Comedy Hour. I bet you that Cynthia Stifler will have something to do with that at I 5 say p.m. So. There's going to be the Gillums and Alicia Shepard at 6 p.m. Uh, 
Then there's going to be a, a the main art auction with Seth Michael at 7.30. And then there's going to be a final set at 9 o'clock. I'm not sure actually who might perform there, but I'm sure uh, that's planned. Uh, the price of admission, I'm not sure what that price of admission is, by the way, but you will get a brat or a chicken sandwich and a bag of chips. And also available for purchase will be Six Cents and their craft beer and the treatery with a dessert bar. Nice. You, you will right. be there, right? Yes. Okay. Well, very good. And uh, the art auction will have art uh, from local artists, including mm-hmm. Megan Peters, Debbie Shoemate, Bob Eisenogle, Ethan Michael, Matthew Wilson, the Shack president himself, Vivian Ripley, Trevin Wyant, and Paul Brown. And you know those people are all very talented. Absolutely. And every cent that they make will go to support the Southern Hills Arts Council and the Marquet and all the good things that they do there. Because we got to remember, we got the Marquet, but it's not going to run by itself. It runs on money. You no, got it. I don't think we have, do we have any paid employees at the Marquet right now? I don't. Maybe in the box off. I'm not sure, part time. I don't. But, but you know, not that I'm it, aware basically of. you've got volunteers yes. doing, doing all this and it just doesn't happen. No. You know, these events. And this is a way that you can support it uh, by attending evening with the arts. Once again, it will start at 3 p.m. and go deep into the evening there uh, at 269 East Main Street in downtown Jackson. Uh, A lot of our local librarians, Jennifer, uh, had the chance to see, if not meet, Dolly Parton Mm -hmm. at at a Imagination Library program at the state level. The governor and his wife, who have been so big in um, developing and expanding the Imagination Library, which encourages kids to read yes. uh, all throughout the state in, at that preschool level. Um, they all had a chance to go up there, these librarians did. Roger Donaldson was there. I know Diane Johnston uh, with the um, Herbert Westcote Memorial Library was there. Maybe there were representatives from Wellston and Oak Hill as well. I don't know that, but I know that Roger was there, and we'll have a story on he was. On, on Roger being He's up already there. got an earful from me that I, I didn't get to go, and he did. <laughs> Right, right. I, I love I, I Dolly don't know, so I don't think much. he posed a picture with Dolly Parton. It didn't no. get that good. He said but, he but was I'm, very close, but didn't, you know, get to meet her or anything. Right. And by the way, speaking of Roger, he is going to start a monthly column in the Telegram. Great. That, we will, that will be debuting uh, very soon in the next two or three papers, maybe even on Wednesday. We'll see. I've already got the copy. Did a great job. Uh, what he did in that column was I learned things. And I'm like the old editor that's been around for a long time. All the things the library does that isn't books that you may not realize. Wonderful. I know we know some things, but I bet you there are things that he talks about in this column that, you, that even you don't know. I'd say you're exactly right on that. All right. Okay. We've got all kinds of forests around here, yes. Jennifer. State forests and national forests. The Wayne National Forest is to the south. But we have uh, the Richland State Forest in Jackson County and Vinton County. We have the big Zaleski State Forest in Vinton County. Well, ODNR and its Division of Forestry are going to have open house events throughout the state. And one of them will be in Chillicothe this Wednesday, August 24th. This is a chance to learn more about the state forest, what you can do in the state forest, how they manage the state forest. And you can tell them how you think they ought to manage the state forest. Really? This is your opportunity for uh, feedback and comments and to learn some things. But uh, the open house uh, here in southeastern Ohio won't be very far away. It will be at the Southern District Chillicothe headquarters, uh, which is on Allen Avenue in Chillicothe. 
And that will be from 4.30 to 6.30 p.m. this Wednesday, nice. August the 24th. You can also go to the ODNR Division of Forestry webpage and submit comments and input that way if you can't make it or you want to learn more. Okay, we've come to Friday night football time. Woo-hoo! All right. Uh, we had three games involving our local teams over the weekend. Yep. Uh, the Jackson Ironmen went up to Logan. Uh, the Oak Hill Oaks hosted Wellston in an intra-county rivalry, and the Benton County Vikings went to Unioto. Uh, we will start off with the intra-county game. Uh, this was a game, uh, kind of two young programs, two new coaches, and so it was going to be interesting no matter yes, what. Yes, for sure. And the host Oak Hill Oaks got the best of it. They defeated the Wellston Golden Rockets 27 to nothing. This was the debut of new coach Tyler Kratzenberg. Uh, Todd Who Compton, hasn't been there very long. No, Todd Thompson, <laughs> our sports editor, was down there, and so was uh, Red Thompson Jr. And Red Thompson got some photos and a, and a nice video clip of a near touchdown, and we're going to see that right now. And it is posted on our Facebook page, by Great. the way. to me, but, you know, that's what they called. I think Oak Hill scored uh, right after that. Gotcha. But uh, it was a game that was dominated by Oak Hill. They uh, scored on both the ground and through the air, and their defense kept Wilson from having a first down until the fourth quarter. Whoa. That is quite a defensive that's performance. Something. Of course, both teams will be added again on uh, Friday. Oak Hill is hosting Piketon, and Wilson is hosting Fairland. All right, we go up north on State Route 93 to Logan. That's where the Ironmen opened their season. Yes, and they did. it was successful. They defeated the Logan Chieftains 35-8. to Woohoo! And that is Jackson senior quarterback Jacob Winters. He's holding the ball aloft because he has just scored on a 35-yard touchdown what? scramble. Oh, wow. The Ironmen were, had, had the two-minute offense going. They were running out of time. They were already up 21 to nothing. They were trying to score before the buzzer went off. And on one of the last plays, Jacob – Went back to pass, didn't see anybody, and he did exactly what the coach said. Don't force a bad throw. Get what you can running the ball. Sure. So you think he's going to run, get out of bounds, and have one more play? Well, he kept going and going, and he scored a touchdown on that play. Uh, he ran for 58 yards and a touchdown overall. He threw for 234 yards You're and two kidding. touchdowns. Whoa. And junior running back Cade Wolford, talk about a debut for him. 178 yards receiving on three receptions, two <laughs> touchdowns. He ran uh, for 111 yards uh, on only eight carries and ran for 69 yards on one. He had three long breakaway <laughs> touchdowns to help the Ironmen off to a big lead. The second half, not much happened, but by then the game was over. Ironmen win 35-8. to eight. And let me tell you, Jennifer, this Friday will be a big game at Jackson. The mm-hmm. Ironton Fighting Tigers oh come to town. Oh, my goodness. We remember last year's game yes. where Jackson oh. had scored a touchdown at the end of the game with, what, six seconds on the clock yes. to win, right? Ten to yes. seven. Yes. Oh, we Although got it. Although the guy goes through a touchdown on the kickoff, return all the laterals and all. Ugh. Talk about broken hearts. Ironton wins 13 to 10 in a game that Jackson had in its grasp. Yes. So a lot of motivation there. Ironton is probably considered the top program in southeastern Ohio yes. overall. You know, they just, I mean, you got to give it to them. They've been to the state tournament a number of times. Uh, then they fell off a little bit. They were just uh, good instead of great, but now they're great again. Uh, <laughs> they ended up being beat in the regional final last year by Wheelersburg. That was a little bit of an upset. Mm-hmm. They beat Wheelersburg last week in the opener. That was a big game, 2 12 to 3. Yep. They may be 
and I, and, and I say maybe because Jackson's schedule is tough, they may be at least on paper the best team Jackson will play this year. Okay. Uh, and so the Ironmen uh, oh. will do get them at home this time. So we'll, well, that's good. We will see what happens. Uh, then up uh, at uh, Vinton County or up at uh, Unioto in mm-hmm. Ross County, the Vikings, who hoped to have a really good season, went over to Unioto and were defeated 21 to 6. The Shermans kept the Vikings from getting their ground game going. Uh, Vikings did not score until the last uh, couple minutes of the game. So a disappointing loss to Vinton County, but it's a long season. They are highly hopeful of contending for a title in the TVC Ohio. And they will be uh, back in action on uh, on Friday as well. Uh, and remember, every game uh, will be on the air on our on the Total Media Radio stations. You got uh, it. Our broadcasters were all working last weekend, except for Chris O'Boyle. We had Wilson at Oak Hill, so he got last Friday off. Yep. Him and Matt Porter, but everybody will be working this Friday. All games are on Friday. I believe they all start at seven o'clock. So you definitely want to tune in. And remember. Uh, you know, you don't have to plug the radio into the wall. You've nope. got the app. You can get the stream uh, off your phone, off a computer or whatever. Tell Alexa to play it. Does she play it? Uh, I think if you tell her to, she might. <laughs> I, I never have much luck with her. She doesn't do what I say. But, uh, but, any, <laughs> but I anyway, bet she listens to Pam. Yeah, well, she might. She might. Yeah. But anyway, the fall sports season is underway, not it just is. football. And we're covering all that. Uh, I think the, all the boys, uh, and I say the boys, and talk about the sports sports boys. They will be off covering opening volleyball games tonight. There you go. But anyway, it's lots it, going it, on. It's a busy place, and we want to salute JJ Hell and his radio guys. Uh, they coordinated all the sports coverage, of course, and then we had these two remotes going on the same time on Saturday. Yes, uh, at Manpower Park, the healthy kickstart, and then of course the um, the uh, overdose awareness fair up at. Uh, MacArthur. Mm-hmm. So uh, JJ Hill and the group, uh, I mean, they're really, it's really a radio on the go. There you uh, go. As they say. So That's congratulations right. to them. All right. Woo! It's 10.01. Can we quit? We can quit now, Pete. All right. Well, good. And then you got to go back to work. I got to go, got to go, <laughs> go back to work to get all this stuff on, in, you in got black it. and white in print now. That's the next phase. Well, thank you for all of the hard work that you and, and the entire crew here uh, do and, and reporting and, and covering all of the events in our area because you all do a fantastic job. Well, we, we, we love doing it. I feel blessed to uh, be out there and have the chance to do that. And, uh, you know, like I say, when you're in a position like as we are, we see all the things that happen. We feel an obligation to report the good and the bad, but there are a lot of positive things. And, you know, I know I run this in the ground, but I'm going to say it again. If you think nothing goes on in Jackson <laughs> County and Benton County, you're not looking. You're not looking. You're not That's looking. Right. And, you're, and you're certainly not not checking out the paper or social media or wherever you get your information. You got it's, it. It is out there. Lots going. All right. Well, thank you so much for spending your morning with us. Thank you, Jeremiah, over there for not only uh, pushing all the right buttons, but also for doing some of those videos and, and reports there from uh, all of the events that happened over the weekend. So have a great day, everyone. Have a great day, Pete Wilson. I will do that. All right. And we'll see you right back here tomorrow. Thanks for watching. Bye-bye.